Welcome into another episode of Cold Weather Bats. I am one of your two hosts of the show, Brandon Justice, and joined by me, per usual, is Brian Sikowski. Folks, it's it's the postseason, where we are in the playoff era of the season, uh, and this is the best time of the year. It's when May turns over to June. A lot of people love March Madness, uh, but I'm a pretty big fan of, I don't know what you would call it, but June. It's just June. It's June in Michigan and everyone is playing every weekday and weekend. And there's all kinds of rotating teams all over the state who are playing uh, their pre-districts or district or or what have you on certain days of the week. And throughout these next few days, and, and by the time you're hearing this throughout the rest of this week, you're going to be hearing about teams that win miraculously. You're going to hear about teams that lose tragically. Uh, You're going to hear about teams coming out of districts that you never heard of, or maybe some teams coming out of districts that uh, had to prove themselves. that had maybe a a lower season than they were supposed to have, or maybe you'll hear about St. Mary's running through another group of teams. Regardless, you're going to hear about baseball this week, postseason baseball. It's the best time of the year. Brian, how are we feeling? I am absolutely raring to go. Very excited to be here. Um, Yeah, man. I, I mean, literally, by the time folks listen to this podcast on Monday or whatever, it's we we will have started the playoffs like as as of us recording it a team that uh we ranked their season's already over um which is wild like you know the pre-district stuff like i don't i don't pretend to be an expert on scheduling things you know like i don't pretend to be some sort of procedural expert when it comes to things that i don't understand but like we got it there's got to be a better way of, of doing the state tournament, right? Like, yeah, I just like, I don't know if you probably can't seed it because of travel uh, or you, you have to seed it in region. I don't, something, something, this, that, the other thing. Um, I kind of like the idea of not, like not everybody gets in, you know, like not everybody starts in a pre-district or whatever. Like um, if you eliminate, if you expand the, the, the leagues or you expand the divisions and then kind of uh, bang, the, the, I take your pick of the number X number of districts from each one. Um, because we don't need to let every single, you know, if you go, Oh, and 20, you don't make the playoffs. Like, I'm sorry. That's just, you know, um, I'm rambling, but I just feel like we could do it better. I don't like when teams lose and their season's over and they like still have games to play because it's on the schedule because that's before everybody else starts the playoffs. Like it's whatever. Um, but yeah, man, here we are. It's the playoffs. We're here. I'm excited. Long-winded way of saying I'm excited. Well, I mean, I don't think that there's many people out there who disagree with you. I think that we're all, for the most part, with their needing to be reform in the MHSAA in certain areas of every sport almost. There's a lot of them in a lot of areas. Like, yeah, better. And I get it. Like football has seating. And football is their most important sport for revenue reasons. And I get it. But why Why are we putting so much into that and so much into charging $7 to get into a pre-district game via an app? <laughs> but we're not prioritizing lopsided divisions. We're not prioritizing a flawed playoff system. And we're not prioritizing transfer rules that make it really difficult for kids that are maybe in certain situations to, to go do something different that's going to be better for them. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, and, and I'll be brief on this because I think this is a little bit more of a touchy subject. But I think there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, well, if we open up the transfer rules, then kids are just going to bounce around and that's the easy way out and blah, blah, blah. Well, I can speak from experience. Like there's <laughs> things that happen. This there, There's things that happen where you want to go somewhere else. But when you're trapped in that, like there's nothing you could do. And like, also, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm passionate about this. Like I, I look, who cares what the, it's about the players. Like, again, we keep coming back to this. Like, I don't, I don't care at all. Like at all. Like, well, this is going to really disrupt the, uh, you know, the, 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 the community. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, it's not about you. It's not about the community. It's not about the coaches. It's not even about mom and dad. Like it's about the player. And if for legitimate reasons, you know, and there's any number of legitimate reasons, um, you don't feel comfortable in a spot. Like, I think you should have the right to explore other opportunities, uh, that are available to you. So like, I, I feel the same way about college baseball players in the transfer portal. Like, of course they should have the right to leave. Are you kidding me? 
the coach can leave whenever he wants. Like what? Why are we even talking about this? Um, and we could get into a deeper discussion on the transfer portal and NIL, but we're not talking about that at the high school level. We're simply talking about like a kid who might be uncomfortable in a certain situation or a kid who knows he's never going to play at this particular place, but really would just like to play high school baseball. Like, isn't that what we're doing? Like trying to encourage more kids to play. Um, and wouldn't, wouldn't it encourage more kids to play if, if we told them that, you know, their best, we had their actual best interests in mind. Um, but anyways, that's just me. I'm not a parent. So it's just frustrating because every organization has its purpose, right? And the MHSAA seems to convey that their purpose is to grow the game, quote unquote, whatever that game may be. What on earth grows the game more than opening up additional opportunities? That's that's the definition of growing <laughs> is is more. Oh, here and I'll and I'll fucking, I'll say it right now. You might even bleep that one out, James. Pardon me. <laughs> um, let let one out there for the first time in a while. I apologize. Um, <laughs> it was subtle though. <laughs> here's another one for you, and I'll make it. I'll stri- I don't coach at St. Mary's anymore, so I can. You telling me why are they not allowed to go to NHSI? Mm-hmm. What is this? competitive what you can only play schools within 300 miles what it's the worst idea what, ever. why was brock porter why are we not celebrating the fact that kids from the state were invited to um the mlb all-star game to play in the high school All-Star? like why was that somehow in some way a problem only the state of michigan had like what yeah, I've been holding this one that, back for a minute. Actually, yeah. Now this that is, now that actually now that I don't coach you anymore, we can kind of unload with both barrels on this. So feel free. Yeah. So I know there's people that listen to the show who know me personally that are like, "Hey, when are you going to give us like a, a rant? Like we haven't had one of those in a while. I don't think we've had one really all year, besides the one time no. when you were like, "Oh, that was therapy with." <laughs> besides that, <laughs> one, which wasn't even a rant. That was just a ramble, which we are just classic experts at. Uh, but. Here's my rant. Here's my first rant in a long time. All right. So there are people out there who are, um, I don't know if I would say opposed, but they're not huge uh, celebrators of St. Mary's success. Okay. And let's just address the elephant in the room. All right. Yes, you coach the St. Mary's. Uh, Yes, I coached a few kids at St. Mary's. Um, Okay. That's great. That's fine and dandy. Um, I don't swear in the show almost ever. Uh, I don't give a shit because it's a much bigger deal than what we're making it out to be. Okay, yeah. this this is the best high school team ever in this state, and it's unequivocal. It's not you telling me the 99cc team could stand on the same field as that team. I will tell you to turn around and go home. Is that a fantastic team? Absolutely, by all means. Was I alive when that happened? Technically, yes, I was three. However, no, I never got to watch them live or anything. But I've talked to enough people at this point. I've talked to enough people who have watched both teams and I'll, I'll name drop Greasebaum Jr. is probably the, the most referenced one, a guy who played against that team. Okay. And he says the same thing. All right. Is that team, was that 99 CC team? Great. Yeah. But they're not the point. The point is we have this team right now, this Orchard Lake team who this season was better than last season. And I don't know if next season, I don't think next season will be as good as this season. Maybe it will be, I don't know, but you lose Brock and that, that means a lot. You lose Ike Irish, Schubert, whatever. Either way, they're going to be nearly as good. But this in particular team is the best high school baseball team Michigan's ever had. And it's one of the best high school baseball teams ever. Like regardless of all of the just Michigan Midwest, but nationally, it would go down as one of the better teams ever. All right. So take that into account. All right. That team is from Michigan. Dude, I grew up eight or nine years ago. That's not a long time ago. That was unheard of. If you would have told me in 2013 or 14 that Michigan was going to be the home of the the unarguable best high school baseball team in the country, I would laugh in your face. I would tell you that you're stupid and you're just making it up, blah, 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 blah. Nobody would have believed you. Not just me. Nobody would. Brian, you wouldn't have believed me. And you were you were there and you wouldn't have believed me, right? Like, well, then maybe, maybe you weren't there at the time. But either way, you wouldn't have believed it. Nobody would have believed yeah. that this team would be who they are. So it's it's frustrating. And here's why it's frustrating. I'm going to get to my point right now, I promise. It's frustrating because this team should be competing at the highest level possible. Why? 
Because when they go down to Georgia and play, do you think nobody's going to root for them? The whole state would be behind them. If you want to grow the game, you should let your teams grow their map and go play teams that claim that we can never compete with them. Because when we go down south in the summer, nobody has any respect for us because nobody ever sees us in the spring. So if we could go see somebody in the spring and do something about it, maybe then we could take that next step as a state. But as long as we're restricting our high school teams who are fantastic outside of just St. Mary's, Brother Rice, Grand Blank, Liggett, uh, how many, I mean, all the teams on the west side of the state, Porter's Northern, Porter's Central. There's so many good teams in the state, and we are limiting our potential by doing what we're doing in the spring. So why do people want to go play summer ball so bad? Why do people pay so much money to go play summer ball? Because they don't get any opportunity to play during the spring. Why do college coaches not give a shit what our Michigan high school players do during the spring? Because they're not allowed to go compete anywhere else in the country. They have to stay here. They're all bottled in. And it sucks because St. Mary's is a great example. That's a team that could go down and beat really good nationally ranked teams. All right. Maybe not every team could go. I know not every team could go play the teams that could play. However, it's not just about that nationally prominent team. Now, from a specific example, that team could go win a national championship and that would mean more to the state than the most things. That's that's the that's the naked truth, right? That's just the one thing. You start looking past that though. Why can't Lincoln go play good teams? Why can't Brother Rice go play good teams? There's so many teams from Michigan that are good. There's 20 that we have a super 25 and we run out of room for it every single week. So it makes no sense to me that we can't put our state on a pedestal and put Georgia and Florida and, and whomever go to their backyard like we always do and play them and beat them. And why not? Like, wh- why is that bad? If the school is willing to pay for it, the parents are willing to pay for it, why is that bad? Okay, but guess what? We'll charge seven bucks for a goddamn pre-district. So whatever. That's my rant. Doesn't make any sense. Paying seven bucks to go watch a baseball game. But if we want to go to Ohio, we're going to get yelled at. So it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I got, I mean, I got nothing. That was wonderful. I loved every word. That was your Mike Valeni make plays rant. We're gonna need we're gonna need a cut up of that. Like that's gonna be the the midweek uh, teaser um, audio there, James. Yeah, let's let's just do that. <laughs> Style it up, James. I'm, I dude, I just I've been holding that one back for a long time. This, this organization is so backwards. Like I don't know who runs it. I don't have the if they're listening to the show. If they're like huge fans of the show, like. I'm not even going to say sorry. I hope but like, they we'll, are. We'll, yeah. Like, we'll give you a platform. Like, come on the show and talk. We'll have a discussion. We'll give you a fair, we'll give you a fair hand. Like, we'll ask you questions and are fair. We won't argue with you. But we want to know. Like, people deserve answers. These kids deserve answers. Doesn't make any sense. We're limiting opportunities. In, like, every way, we're blocking opportunities. And it makes no sense. And, like, I just, uh, I'm going to just make one final point on St. Mary's. They are all Michigan kids. Like, that's, this is not IMG Academy. These kids are not paying 80 grand a year to to live in a co- like whatever IMG calls itself it's it, you know but you know whatever uh this ain't that like that's a premier academic institution that's been around since like pretty much everybody else's families were in the state of Michigan like like that you know what i mean um so like i my point is like it's it's so it's so cool like it's so cool and like, I get it, man. I would, I would probably be a hater too if I wasn't personally connected to it. I'd be like, oh yeah, like no, down goes number one. Like David versus Goliath. I love this. Like I'd be, I'd do it. I, I'd be on board. But you still have to sit back and like appreciate just how cool because you're you're literally living in the time when this team is playing, and like you can go games, go to games and watch. Like that's it's it's just cool. But anyways, um. To switch gears just ever so slightly, we're, <laughs> we're going to run through a couple of districts in Division Three, Division Four that we find particularly intriguing. Um, we were when <laughs> we did Divisions One and Two last week and talked for way too long, uh, so we we promised we would do D three and D four this week. So we're gonna. These aren't going to be picks. We're just we're just highlighting a couple of things we find intriguing in both spots. Um, Brandon, I'll kick us off. District seventy eight. This is Division Three, District Seventy Eight, located at Chessening uh, this year. I, just a, 
just a, as a, as an aside, um, my father lives in Flushing and has lived in Flushing for, he grew up there and has lived there for 15 years or whatever now. Um, and when I was in college at Mount Pleasant, the, the quickest way to get to Flushing from Mount Pleasant was to take, I, I don't even know what road that is, but it goes right past Chessening. Uh, and what a gorgeous drive, just a gorgeous, peaceful drive. Anyways, uh, hopefully not peaceful will be uh, this, this district gameplay. It's Chessening, Hemlock, Montrose, New Lothrop, and St. Charles. Obviously, Hemlock and New Lothrop are both teams that have been ranked at one point or another this year, and Chessening has a dude. Uh, we got a dude on the mound there, you know, a, 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 like a we can win a ga- any game with this guy type of dude uh, on the mound. So, uh, Brandon, I mean, that one jumped out right away as one of the, the more intriguing D3 districts. Yeah, and D3 is an interesting one because... Liggett has had this, you know, downswing of a second half of the season where they just haven't won nearly as many games as they won in the first half. I think they finished under 500 in the second half. So now D3 is more open, right? Like we called it the most, well, I think we were in agreement that D1 was probably the easiest to pick because of St. Mary's. But D3, we felt had less competition to the threat at the top than D1, right? D1 has a lot of good teams. D3 really didn't really seem that way in comparison to Liggett. Now we're at this point where, you know, schools like this district, the winner of this district could come out and make a run. You know, it's like, it's that realistic, right? So, uh, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where D3 now becomes as interesting as any division, right? And I know we're still trying to like openly learn about D4, but D4 will probably be like the tightest, I would say, like as far as we can't really like pick a winner right now. Like it's pretty wide open. We don't know a whole lot, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so that division might end up the most competitive, uh, quote unquote, but D three will be up there. And so I, I think that, uh, I think, dude, I don't know, man, I love talking playoffs. Like it's, it's just a blast. Like there's just last year when we were talking playoffs this year, we're talking playoffs and I'm thinking like how many things can happen? Like how many things can, uh, for example, uh, we'll, I mean, we'll talk about this North and South. I went to the game. Uh, if you're hearing this now, it's already news. South lost, North won, 9-2. And I go to eat after the game, and North's team is there, and they're like, oh, that's the guy who picked South to win. <laughs> so, you know, I I, <laughs> I, ate, I ate a hat, you know, and I was like, yeah, no, I was wrong. But, like, you know, you had to pick. Good dub. Yeah, like, good dub. I was like, hey, <laughs> like, hats off to you. Like, but, like, you know, I had to pick a team. Like, I wasn't like I could just be like, well, I don't know. Someone's going to win. Like, yeah, know. it's not like you'd insulted their families. Like, you know, I picked South too. Like, come at me. I'm untouchable today, bro. Like, I got engaged today. Like, I'm. Oh, yeah. How do we not today, open the so. show with that? I know we're in the middle of I a mean, district pick right now, but how do we not open? You should have been more narcissistic. You should have opened the show with it. What are we doing? Well, you know, I was expecting my co host to, you know. I, That's my fault because I introed and I should have had the, you know, I should have had the instincts, the intuition to do that but well i'm gonna pause right now we're gonna pretend this is the intro for a second brian got engaged whoa yeah that's true um and it's it's actually for those of you wondering why i'm recording a podcast on the day i got engaged marissa is at her volleyball league so it's not like i'm hashtag um, athlete blowing her off to to do this um but yeah she's the athletic one um, I couldn't be more excited about it. Obviously, uh, I love her very, very much. So looking forward to, uh, to our wedding and, and thank you for shouting it out. Um, but yes, so back to, back to district talk, back to district talk. Uh, so yeah, Brian's engaged. That's tremendous. Uh, but one thing he's always been married to is the game. So let's move on back to baseball. Um, so we looked at that district. Uh, let's talk about district 88. Yeah. Yeah. District 88. So that's Blissfield, Erie Mason, Ida, Monroe, SMCC, and Ottawa Lake Whiteford. Uh, so a little background for anyone who doesn't know anything about that area. The baseball, like uh, among those teams, like Ida, Erie Mason, Blissfield, especially Monroe, SMCC, like those schools are very like, how do I describe this without offending anyone? Like corn fed baseball, 
So if you can imagine what <laughs> corn-fed baseball looks like, it's yeah. like grown man baseball. It's like I'm making contact strong, and like my sh- my raw strength is like my best asset plate. And like defensively, it's just like everyone's dirty. There's no lack of effort. There's not a ton of it's not finesse. It's like real hard. It's hardball. Like they still call it hardball. Yeah. I think type of thing. Yeah. Um. So that's what you would expect from that area. We played Blissfield this year, and first year without. Uh, Larry Tuttle. And I think he was there for what, 51 years. So Something, obviously a, yeah. a transition. Now, of course he's well seasoned. The Who's taken over the staff has taken over and it's been pretty seamless and all that. So that's still a good team, talented team. We split with them. I think that they will, they're like, they're the favorite for namesake, but Monroe SMCC has had a really good season this year. Uh, they could easily come out of it. Um, Ida always has at least a decent team, I think, as well. Uh, Brian, what do you got in this district? Yeah, I'm actually going to go with SMCC here. Um, and a little a little Brian trivia, I actually got my start in sports broadcasting at SMCC football games the year I went to Monroe County Community College. Uh, because, and folks, don't go away to college if you aren't ready for it because your boy wasn't ready for all of that free time. So I uh, had, to, had to do a year at a JUCO to get myself back, went back to Mount Pleasant, everything's good. But uh, uh, but yeah, don't, don't go if you don't know what to do when nobody's making you do anything. So anyways... Um, yeah, I'm going to take SMCC. Uh, I think they're they're pretty deep. I think they have um, like a good set of arms that like all are at least good. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's tough when you're when you're rolling out arm after arm after arm that are all like a pretty decent level of pitcher. You know, like you generally like, oh man, we're gonna get this starter out of the game. We got to get to his bolt, but like, you know, SMCC just has a, a fair number of uh, of similarly talented, like similarly executed guys. Um, so I'm gonna go with them there. But that is a good district, and you hit the nail on the head, man. Like that's good baseball down there. Like that's still American Legion territory as far as baseball goes. Like, um, yeah, it's all three sport athletes and, and smaller schools and uh, guys who. who have played together for 15 years. Like that's the vibe down there. So it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with SMCC there. All right. And we got another district to cover 92. Uh, let's see folks again, disclaimer. I think we mentioned this last week. We are scrolling the website of MHSAA. Uh, it is kind of like a doom scroll type of deal. Like you can't just skip to a district. You got to <laughs> scroll to it. So just doom to let you guys scroll. know, just let you guys know it's where we're at. Uh, all right. District 92, probably the more or most star-studded one. Absolutely, Actually, I would say mm-hmm. it is definitely the most star-studded one. Uh, among all One D3 of the most districts. star-studded ones in the, in, the straight, in the state, not even D3. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's at Liggett, so a nice, beautiful setup. It'll be a good day, of, or good few days, I should say, of ball. Uh, Clinton Township's Clintondale. That is quite the name uh detroit edison detroit osborne detroit southeastern and liggett um so two names stand out obviously edison and liggett uh look like i mean you asked me this question a month ago i'm like without hesitation picking liggett to win but edison's had a better second half of the season liggett's had the opposite and momentum maybe plays a role here i don't know man i just i have a hard time saying that it's a without a doubt thing that Liggett comes out of this. I really don't think it is. I think Edison's going to push them. And I, and I thought that with or without the second half of the season being considered that they would give them a game. Uh, but thinking about the trajectory of both of their seasons, it's 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 almost easier to suggest that that Edison is going to make this a, a shocking type of district. Um, you know, I'm still going to pick Liggett to win it just because I feel like if I'm picking Edison. It's just like a hunch based thing. Liggett is the better team. Liggett has the better arms. Liggett has the, the better lineup. That's um, at home. I mean, all those things taken into account, you, you had to pick Liggett, but it's going to be a really tough uh, district for Liggett to come out of. Yeah. And like I, where we're at on Liggett and like, we've gotten some like blowback on social media about this. Cause we dropped them to also considered last week. Like They played well today. They played well this weekend. Uh, They won three games. Like, they beat Northfield today. Like, Kurt Barr pitched a gem. I just saw that on Game Changer or whatever. Um, But, like, I don't – the strength of schedule is what's keeping them in there to begin with. 
Like anybody else who's 15 and 10 isn't on the Super 25. Like, I don't know what, I understand the strength of schedule. Like that's literally what kept them afloat all year as they kept losing games. Like, I, I don't, you know, like, I don't know what to, oh, well, you're not taking that into account. No, like that's literally what is being taken into account. Um, it's tough. It's a really hard division. The The top division of the CHSL is hard. Like that is the truth. It is the hardest league in the state. And I like, don't even think it's close. And I will fight anybody on that. Like it's, you know, I mean, it, you got to play Mary's four times. You got to play brother rice four times. You have to play a pretty damned good, but very young, still Catholic central team four times. And then on any given day, D LaSalle or U of D can bite you too. And that's with a team with like one senior, two seniors who play every day. And a lot of talented underclassmen for the first time playing this level of schedule. Like we're giving them credit for for that, like the amount of of like you know how hard that is. Like we're giving them credit for that. So you know, like, I'm happy to see them play well today. Um, they got to pitch it going into the playoffs. The offense can't go quiet. You know that. I still think they're one of the best teams in the state in terms of talent. I, I still think that. Um, if they played in a different league than the top league in the CHSL, like I'm sure their record would look better. I, anytime you can take away, I think it was four or five games against St. Mary's and then five against Rice. Cause they saw him in the playoffs. Like that's, you know, half of your schedule, <laughs> like, you know, 40% of your schedule or whatever. I'm sure taking those away and replacing them with somebody else that, you know, would lead, would have led to a better win loss record, but even still, man, super, super talented, I'm pulling for them, but I think it's going to be a heck of a game, Edison and and, and Liggett. I think it should come down to the wire, and, and I, I'm with you, man. I don't know if I can call it. It should it, Liggett should win is where I'm at, but we'll see. Yeah, and that's the beauty of playoff baseball in Michigan. I mean, that's that's what we opened the show up with. It's just this stuff is so. I mean, anyone can win any game, you know, in certain scenarios. That's not true in every scenario, but when you're talking about districts and you're talking about that game specifically, it's, it's a great example of like, hey, this is must see. I mean, heck, North versus South in a pre-district, A, criminal, B, must see, right? And that's another, well, yeah. I'm going to bring a little side note, a little sidebar, not going to rant again, but a little sidebar. Hey, uh, North and South probably shouldn't be playing in a pre-district game. Just a thought. No. <laughs> it's just a thought. If we had a seating system or any sort of playoff system besides what we do, where we find out who we're playing, like two, our, our pre district, or um, I'm sorry, our district got changed, like out of nowhere. We're no longer playing at our field. We're playing at Woodhaven now. So um, that oh, changed. Great. So, you know, and, and I think it has something to do with um, some things that are going on. So I don't know. Fine. Well, I don't know what's going on. All I know is we're not hosting a district anymore. <laughs> so it's at Woodhaven, which, hey, at the end of the day, like Woodhaven's complex is like state of the art and it'll be good. It's true baseball. Like, I don't know. Some people out there still don't like turf, but like I think it makes everyone's life easier because like, dude, if you ever played down river, like there's some hops that are insane that changed the whole course of games. So the fact that we get a true bounce is, you know, makes the game, I guess, a little bit easier to accept when it's over, win or lose. Um, so anyway, moving on, those are our D3 districts that we were going over. Uh, you know, D3 is interesting and we're going to go into state championship picks. So we'll, we'll save that for then. Um, but I know Brian had a few words he wanted to bring up about D4. Don't know if we're going to dive into the districts the same way, but what were you going to tell us on D4? Yeah, I, the fact of the matter is we don't know enough about enough D4 teams to sit here and, like, talk about interesting districts just because we, you know, like I said, we don't know enough. Um, so what we're going to do is talk about, like, the top handful of schools in D4 and what their paths look like, at least in the district. Um, Beale City's the first one that popped up. Uh, they are hosting. It's them, Coleman, Marion, and Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart, which is the the Catholic school in Mount Pleasant. Um that's what their path is. Would expect them to come out of that. Um, let's keep moving here to Royal Oak Shrine. Um, they are in District 123. That's hosted at Sterling Heights Parkway Christian. Uh, obviously, Parkway Christian is playing in that, along with Shrine, Detroit, Davis Aerospace, and Bloomfield Hills Roper. Um, and I think that it sets up, because uh, I still think Riverview GR is one of the better teams in D4, too. Um, they are in District 122 with Alan Park Cabrini, the hated rival, although I don't think it's much of a rivalry anymore. Back in my day, it was. Um, Alan Park, Inner City Baptist, 
uh, Southfield Christian and Taylor Trillium Academy along with GR. Um, and that sets up a really potential intri- intriguing um, CHSL showdown, two teams that know each other, obviously, uh, between GR and Shrine uh, to get towards the state quarters. Um, and I wanted to obviously touch on Cardinal Mooney's uh, district there in 125. It's, uh, I don't, Kapach? Kapich? How do you say that? C-A-P-A-C. <laughs> Kapich? I, bro, I am murdering that. And I apologize to all the fine folks of that city that I've never heard of. Of that city. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's that city, Dryden, Marine City, Cardinal Mooney, and Peck. Dude, I don't know anything up that way. Like anything. I don't even know Gross Point. Like I You and me both. We're down we're not in the downriver bubble, but like that place is a bubble, I think. That's its own world. Because like if you you have to be going there. You know what I mean? Like 75 cuts you off from like you have to be going there. Um but anyways. Yeah, so uh, Cardinal Mooney there in District 125 would expect them to come out of it. And Hackett, last year's uh, defending champion, they are hosting uh, District 114. It's them, uh, Goebbels, Kalamazoo Christian, Kalamazoo Heritage Christian, and Lawrence. So that kind of takes us through how the top teams in the D4 are going to have to get through the district. And on the other side of this commercial break, Brandon and I are finally going to make our state championship picks along with uh, just some general bullshit about the playoffs. So we'll see you on the other side. What's up, cold weather bats people? This is Brandon Justice here to talk to you about our new partner here at CWB, and that is Prospect Center. Located in Clinton, Michigan, the Prospect Center is a baseball training facility that is available to all levels of baseball players, softball players, and teams. They've got an all-new field surf with three tunnels, six L screens, three field screens that are seven by seven, along with two pro-level pitcher mounds, an iron mic, a hack attack, and a hit tracks. So all the technology and amenities to provide for your individual training or team training. Nick Capaferi and Mike Rice are in the building every day and can be contacted directly for details at 586-649-7216. Again, Nick or Mike at 586-649-7216. Additionally, the Prospect Center is adding teams for the 2023 summer. If you're looking to take your team to a facility that can provide training throughout the winter and then a schedule for the summer, contact Mike Rice with Prospects Baseball. All right, welcome back to Cold Weather Bats. Uh, nice conversation uh, before the commercial break, but during the commercial break, you heard about Prospect Center, our new partner. I think we discussed them just a little bit uh, before bringing them on. Um, but yeah, Prospect Center is sponsoring the show and helping the sponsor the show, and we really appreciate it. And it's been great so far. I trained a few kids in Prospect Center uh, at Mike Rice and uh, Nick's place, Nick Epiferi. So uh, awesome setup in there. Highly recommend. They do such a good job. There's um, so much dedication by those two. Uh, honestly, they're in there all the time. They each have full-time jobs separate from the facility, but every time I've ever been in there and I've been in, in there on weekends, I've been in there on weekdays, I've been nights, I've been mornings. Every time I've been there, they're both there, you know? And so it, it's true, honest work out of those two. And that place is great. And I, and I highly recommend it. So uh, moving on from that, just wanted to talk a little bit about our partner before we get into our next segments. Um, but before that, Brian, um, let's talk about the North-South game a little bit. I, to my knowledge, that was the first playoff game uh, in the state, really, of any uh, noteworthiness, right? Because we, we would have heard about another one. So there, there may have been a game today on Saturday, but um, I didn't know about it. So as far as I know, that was the first playoff game so far. And what a way to kick it off between two teams that are uh, such heated rivalries. I know we talked about a seeding system helping things like this, but what do you think about North and South having to open up not just in the realm of just the game itself, but also kind of the impact of the game because those two highly seeded teams would be highly seeded teams in their region have to play each other in the pre-district. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to obviously let you talk more about the game specifically because you were literally there, but like, I mean, we knew, we knew the South game plan, like, Hey, got to be really tight and get to get Tedesco out of the game as early as we can. And like, they executed that. Like you said, they were up, they got Tedesco out of the game. Um, 
you, anytime you can get the six, seven kid who throws 93 or whatever, like, cool. Like we got that guy out of the game. Good for us. And then Arsenal come in and just shut him down. You know, um, speaking of a dude who's been unbelievable, right? Like you said, at, at pre-show stuff like Arsenal has been unreal. But uh, yeah, I mean, you tell me, man, like I, uh, philosophically, I don't think that like, those two teams should like literally ever play in a pre-district. I understand, you know, geography. I get it. Um, but man, it's... That sucks so hard every year. That sucks so hard every year. That it's like only one of those two is going to be a district champion, even or something like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, you tell me. South was up early. They it looked like it was going according to like what they wanted to do. Like what happened? Yeah. So these two teams obviously know each other very well. We, we that's that's uh, evident and just from their school's name. There's a lot of history there. Kids who grew up together playing with each other. Uh, families who are still close on both sides, coaches who have been there for dozens of years, um, especially in South dugout. I mean, this game means so much to those people. Like I can't even like people are going to think this is like fluff to just kind of like hype it up and just kind of just, I don't know. We're, we're trying to make it entertaining to you because it's a podcast. No, like this is 100% authentic. What I'm about to say, those people in the stands from left field to right field and everything in between care about that game so much and for so many different reasons because you have the parents who care because of their kids um you have the teachers and 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 what have you and staff in general uh maybe other coaches from the teams obviously that's that's their affiliation uh and then you have the alumni who are proud very proud it's kind of an era so far i don't know brian if you agree but it's been an era the past few years of like kids who are uh you know if you go back and watch your team like you stay graduated type deal like there's not a lot of like alumni pride out there quote unquote in high schools these days would you agree yeah i mean and like i don't know if you know, I, this is a, I don't know. I, I feel both ways here. Cause like I, it was one of the things I wished I would have had at a place like GR was the community involvement of like, all right, we're going to shut the city down on Friday night for the football games and everybody goes and everybody cares. Like we didn't really have that, like as a private school with kids from different cities, like blah, 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 blah. So that was one of the things that I wanted so badly was you see it romanticized in movies, et cetera, et cetera. But like, there's also an element of like, I, people move on and have their own lives and don't necessarily need to go back to their high school 20 years later to watch a baseball game. Like, you know what I mean? Especially if they don't live there. Like I don't live anywhere near Riverview, Michigan now. I'm not, you know, um, so I don't know, man. Like, I think it's cool as hell. And obviously gross points, one of the most unique, um, baseball heavy, like baseball specific places in the state. It's one of like the, the crown jewels in that respect. So like, that's really cool. Just it's, it's a part of the cultural landscape there, but like, I don't know if there's like a greater, um, like a greater issue to be had with like, Oh, well, how come nobody's as passionate about their high school as they were 30 years ago? Well, I mean like people probably more people have probably moved away. I guess my answer to that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that with all that being said, the point I'm trying to make is that you have such a diverse, uh, fan section because there's just so many people from so many different backgrounds as to why they are there. I mean, you have, People who are, like I said, family from there all the way to the other side of things where it's just some guy who lives down the street and has lived in Gross Point for 20 years and just embraces the community and wants to come watch baseball all the time. Like you have people like that who really have no connection to the game in any way or form, not even as alumni, just as members of the community. That's how big that is there. You know, they care about it so much. And it stretches out between not just South and North, but even Liggett. I mean, Liggett especially. Um, so that that community in Gross Point this game, you have to think about this game like that's how they describe it. It's just the, like that's the game. So yep. think Michigan, Michigan State type of deal. In North South, it's it's literally literally you're sharing a neighborhood with the team that you hate most, right? You grew up with half the team or the whole team, or you know what I'm saying? So it's it's even got to the point now where there's a kid on North this year who went to South last year. He transferred for, uh, I don't know why, but he, he was able to transfer. And um, so like it, it, it gets that personal. Like this game is just, it's awesome. It's fun. So uh, setting the scene there for probably too long, but that's 
the type of passion that you can feel when you enter the park for this game, no matter where it's at. Uh, I was at North High School, and South was the home team. And to open the game, Jake Tedesco, date and commit, bottom of the first. He was the pitcher for North. Uh, He walked a few guys quickly, um, ended up getting taken out early, which was best for him in that situation. Uh, And Jordan Arsenault came in, and he's a guy who – I believe it's in like 40 or 50 innings, only has three or four earned runs this year. Uh, they call him the wizard. He's a stud. And he's been, he's been extraordinary all season. Got to see it for myself on uh, Saturday when you're hearing this on Saturday. Uh, and he was just awesome, man. I mean, working the slider well. He's a weak contact, swing and miss kind of guy, but he produced a lot of weak contact and a lot of um, you know, pop flies and was able to get guys under it. Um, worked the zone well, but he came in and cleaned it up because it was panic mode for North in the first inning. Uh, they had allowed two runs. There was bases loaded with no outs when Arsenal came in. He comes in, strikes out a batter. Next guy grounds out into a double play. He gets out of it without giving up a run in classic Arsenal fashion, and North would not go on to give up a run for the rest of the game after that first inning. Drew Hill went yard in the later innings, but what really turned the table for North in this game was a situation where uh, Dan Greaseball team... Grand B- <laughs> Dan Greaseball team's... Grand B- I've never, yeah. I've never had a trouble. I've never had trouble with your name, Dan. Never had trouble once, but here I am. Um, it's it's the type of baseball that he and his teams usually succeed really well with. And so it was very uncharacteristic to see it. Uh, but on a bunt play, there was an overthrow from the pitcher to second base that allowed uh, a run to score. Uh, the next kid comes up, hits a flare to left with two outs. Left fielder runs it down. Uh, makes an error and doesn't catch the ball. Three runs score. That guy gets to third. Uh, he ends up scoring as well, I believe. They end up, no, 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 he did not. Uh, ended up being six to two at the end of that inning. They added some insurance in the later half. And then Hill came in the seventh, hit a two run bomb, cemented it, kind of grabbed the shovel and poured it on a bit. And nine to two was the final. So the first inning, crazy, absolutely hectic. Uh, and you think this is going to be a great ball game when North's able to get out of it. And then North just. I don't know, man, just flipped a switch. Maybe there was just too much emotional output in the first inning for South with how exciting that, that first inning was, um, you know, but they just didn't really catch a lot of barrels. Alex Tiggis did and, and got robbed a couple of times, but aside from that, didn't catch a lot of barrels, um, didn't have the, the best pitch selection in, in some scenarios. So just a, a tough day for South, but North moves on and North still hasn't thrown Brennan Hill, who to my understanding is one of their better guys at the top two, probably. I think his ERA is right around one. Uh, per sources named Tyler Hill, who is his brother. Uh, so they're armed and ready. Now the thing is they get a week off again. I don't, I don't get this, but there's, they don't play again until next Saturday. I uh, don't know why they had to play on Saturday and they were supposed to play Thursday too. Like what is, why is there a nine day difference? Like what? Yeah, that makes no sense at all. Um, again, a little bit of a rant episode, I suppose, but North geared up. They're going to play Roseville. Amari Snowden, I would imagine, is going to be on the mound for Roseville. Uh, strong left-handed pitcher who who runs it up in the mid eights, maybe a little bit higher. Uh, they'll probably, I would guess, see either Tedesco or Brennan Hill or even Arsenal. I mean, there's three, but that's the thing with with North man is they have three and probably a couple more really solid arms. Drew Hill even. So they've got four solid arms. That's a deep team that can make a run. Yeah, no doubt. And we said that before the season. Like, we said that last year. You know, like, damn, this team's got a shitload of talent. Like, damn, this team's pretty good. Like, damn, it's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, uh, um, good team. We've been saying that. And this year there's been a little bit better, you know, continuity um, from the top down, I think. And, and it's that's helped. And, and you know, like, I, you know more about Gross Point than me, so correct me if I'm wrong. But it feels like, hey, we're – Starting to peak at the right time. Obviously, you beat a good South team pretty soundly. Like, hey, let's roll, baby. Norseman, roll it. Let's go. Go deep in the playoffs. Let's do it. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I think that that's definitely a moment where they're like, all right, like this is what we're capable of. You know, you win a game nine to two and you do it without much emotion. You know, Nor- I mean, North was definitely animated. Um, it's a rivalry, so it, it is what you expect it to be. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's a point I've proven a few times by now anyway. To, to an extent, right? Like you got to keep it respectful and we're not like swearing at other kids and stuff like that. Whatever. Besides that, I think we're good. I don't want to cover any more bases with that and make excuses as to why I like it. I feel how I feel. Uh, however, North for the most part didn't have to get really emotional in this game because that six run inning in the fourth 
and they chilled the rest of the game. So really, they only played like they only had to play three or four tough innings, quote unquote. And they're really shortstop. James McCauley was excellent. He made a fantastic diving play in the hole. He made a couple other good plays throughout the day. He was just a centerpiece for them on defense who uh, I don't think he saved any runs. I might be wrong on that, but just not allowing those runners to get on and making the defensive plays he made was enough for me to notice him as one of the key guys for them today. Um, so yeah, North is just a team that I think is seeing what they're capable of when they're playing at their best. They had fantastic at bats all day. I mean, the pitch selection was tremendous. Um, they were not swinging at many balls. Uh, they were barreling up strikes. Uh, but really what it was for them was a bunch of flares and burners. They just put it out there. And sometimes Brian, that's all you have to do. And we're living in mm-hmm. an era that's so home run heavy at the pro level, which is understandable and at the college level. And that's all true. But at the end of the day, we, we kind of have to sit down as coaches and be like, we don't have, we're not like at the end of the day, they're not the pros. <laughs> we can't play home run baseball. Like we have to play contact baseball a, a lot of times, right? Maybe, maybe not for every team, but for the majority of high school teams around here, I would say, the flare burner rate is, is a good one to have. Like finding those little finding those little mm-hmm. bloopers wins you ball games. It's the second highest way to get on base in the pros. Uh, and I think that it would rank probably near the top in, in high school baseball. Like what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, making contact is better than not making contact, like a hundred percent of the time, you know, like unless it's ground grounding into a double play to end a game or instead, you know what I mean? But like it for me, it, and it's it's a, it's a, it's about a looking a little further. Um, when I was coming up, I remember like it was taught like, Hey, high school baseball on dirt fields. Like there's so many errors. So it's better for the offense to swing down on the ball. And like, we make a lot of contact, we run, we, we walk, whatever, but you know, the more balls you put in play on the ground, the more likely you are to get on base because so many kids make errors like in high school. And that's true. Like, you know, I, compared to major leaguers, high school kids suck at defense. Like this is just, I'm not insulting anybody. They're, they're horrible. You know, uh, th- that's just like reality. So in theory, if you're looking at it through the tiny little lens of high school baseball, like, yes, more likely than not, a kid is going to make an error on a ball you tried to hit on the ground than the one you tried to hit over the fence, but fell short because you're 16 and not that strong. Like, yes, that's all correct. However, that in no way develops you to be a good hitter at any level other than high school baseball. And I would, I wouldn't even call you a good hitter in high school. I would just call you, you know, like good at hitting ground balls. Um, so like I, if you're planning on playing college ball, that's dumb unless you run sub four to first. Like if you are a top of the scale elite runner, and I don't mean like that one time inside you ran a six, eight. I mean, like if you're a six, three runner and you get down the line, sub four, then sure, man, go ahead. We can talk about hitting the ball on the ground a lot. If you're literally anybody else, your best swing is not a ground ball. Like that's just end of discussion. I like, there is no argument. No one's best swing is a ground ball. Um, but yeah, so anyway, like I, I want to, there's my rant for the episode. Hi everyone. I believe in hitting the ball in the air. Um, but yeah, I shit Brandon. I don't even remember the question <laughs> at the end of the day. You, at the end of the day, you, you got the point across, which I was asking yeah, about like in a microcosm of one game, like one game to win a high school baseball game. Like, yes, you're right. But like to actually develop a, a player into a better one than no. Oh no. So, into, no, yeah. no, by no means, but it's a good team offensive approach. Like, Hey, if we're going to win the game today and we're thinking like today, here's what we're going to do, but it's turf. So, you know, the turf feels it's, it's, it's not, as it's easy, always but. a good approach to say, Hey, we got to make more contact guys. Like we can't swing and miss like this, that, and the other thing. But like, that approach at the cost of contact quality is then bad was my point. Yeah. And that's true. But I don't know. I just think when there's a narrative out there where it's like, Oh, you know, they just had a bunch of bloopers just blooped their way to a win. And I'm like, yeah, correct. They hit the ball. They, they made contact. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they got their barrel through the zone where the pitch was and the ball um, then exited their bat and um, went over the second baseman's head between your right fielder for a base hit. That is correct. That is what happened. So I just don't understand why we're always like, and this isn't from that. Honestly, like nobody from South was saying that by any means. So this has nothing to do with that game. I just think there's a little bit of a narrative on teams who hit more flares than, than others, I guess. Like, that's just my only thing is like, they're hitting the ball. Like, (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm getting mad at. Like, yeah, it's unlucky. You could say unlucky, but like, that's not true. Like, your team could hit bloopers all day if they wanted to, but they, you know, take huge hacks and pop out. So, yeah, more power too. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving on. Um, we got state championships to pick, don't we? We got state championship picks. Yeah, coach. We got state championship picks. Here we are on. Uh, fully officially into the playoffs, considering the the pre district game we just talked about. So, uh, by the time you hear this, most teams will be playing Wednesday. I think, like that's the official, like the the real start. I, I don't know what the hell the right word is. Who knows at MHSAA? Um, I'm pretty sure the state championships being played in uh, Rudyard right now. Yeah, any any sort of <laughs> any sort of transparency with any sort of archaic decision would be just fantastic at governing body. Um, <laughs> anyways, so state championship picks, Brandon, I'm going to start us off and I'm, listen, I know we talked about this pre-show. I know we, we're going to disagree here, etc. I'm, I'm going to go with St. Mary's in D1. <laughs> you are so bold and brave for that. <laughs> Beat Grand Blank today, coach. Nine to three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, folks. Um, St. Mary's is... We already talked about it on the show. We've already had this discussion. St. Mary's is the best high school baseball team in a very long time, if not the best of all time. I would say the best of all time. Um, And they're beating teams who are good. Their strength of schedule is up there with anyone else's. I don't think anyone's is better. Um, They've done it all. They've, They've proven themselves over and over again. They've won damn near 60 games in a row. They're healthy as it stands. I mean, folks. They're my pick. I don't know how else to say it, but St. Mary's is my pick. And it's, I think that there's a lot of really, really good teams in D1, which again, yep. I want to reiterate my point from earlier. I should have talked about this. Um, imagine if we had six divisions and this was normal. So the students of enrollment of 899 are in D1 or schools with enrollment of that. Schools with an enrollment of like 3,500, such as Chip, like Chippewa Valley. Uh, I think they're up to like maybe four now. Um, yeah, they're D1 too. So you can have under 1,000 kids and be playing in the same division as at school with over 3,000. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we doing, man? Like, what's, what's up with that? So anyway, point being, there's a lot of good teams in D1. In a scenario where we had six divisions, those teams would then be D2. Um, and I think that would be an excellent opportunity for some of these really good teams to uh, you know, have more of an opportunity at winning a state championship, more of a realistic, attainable opportunity. Um, and that's, that's better for the state. Again, grow the game. That's all I'm saying. Go to the game. Uh, moving on. St. Mary's is my pick. Brian, D2. Yeah, speaking of more realistic opportunities to win divisions because of other teams moving around, let's go to Division II. Um, St. Mary's, uh, obviously, vacating D2 opens D2 up. Uh, this is one that has been interesting all season long. Um, we had New Boston Huron as the number one team in D2 for most of the year. Uh, they're still ranked highly by us. We still believe in them. They still keep winning games. Like I think they lost to Woodhaven the other day, but uh, you know, it, it's Forest Hills Eastern is up there. Goodrich is still undefeated. I believe they're thirty-one and zero at this point. Country Day, forget about them. West Catholic has has had a fantastic season. I saw Garber play. I saw Freeland play. Two really good teams. Uh, low key, the Trenton Trojans are twenty and seven. Um, I just like. For for me, I I'm going with Goodrich because they they literally haven't lost yet. Um, they have a guy that they can match up in, in most games against whoever they want to. And Noah Keller, like you can, here's our ace. You, you, Goodrich treats him like St. Mary's treats Porter. Like at the big game, here you go. This is the guy. Uh, I think that that we we've talked about it on the show any number of times. That is hugely impactful for a team looking to make a deep run in the postseason. And I, hey, man, no one's beat him yet. They're 31 and 0. They beat good teams. It, you know, like it's not like the strength of schedule is absurd, but they have many wins against many pretty solid teams. So, I, I, hey, man, going with Goodrich. Go Martians. Yeah, and this one's interesting for, for so many reasons, and, and you listed all of them. So I won't, I, I won't echo too much. Um, I do think Richmond's a really good team that can make some noise. They did just get beat by Gross Point South, but in more of a non-conference setting, so it's hard to really like measure that. Um, I don't know. I like Richmond. They're a deep team. I have a hard time picking Goodrich just because of the strength of schedule and, and, and like the pressure of being 31 and 0. And, you know, I just, I know that St. Mary's is undefeated and we're all like, 
watching that happen. But like last year, St. Mary's lost and you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys saw that as like a good thing. Like that was, that was good. Like that happened at a good time and it put you guys in the best run you had, obviously just kind of demolishing through the second half besides the the rice game and then doing the same thing in the, in the playoffs. So, um, I don't know. I'm not sitting here saying, Oh, I wish good, rich, good, rich would have a loss. I just feel like there's more pressure in having that zero next to your, your win column. Now I could be totally wrong. This might be the most mentally, um, strong team of all time. And that might mean nothing to them and whatever. Um, but it is something that I think about. So, uh, but from a pure talent perspective, from, from an experience perspective, roster wise, uh, good rich has what it takes. Um, country day has what it takes. Um, you know, Garber and we, we mentioned Freeland. I already mentioned Richmond. Those teams all have what it takes. Um, Trenton has plays really good team baseball and team baseball wins you games in the playoffs. You're talking executing bunts, executing uh, base running at a high level, defensively being in the right spot. The little things, the the elementary things that we just forget sometimes in bigger moments, right? How many times have you seen an error flip over a playoff game, Brian? I mean, it happens all the time. So, um, so Trenton has a chance because... Yeah, happened today. So Trenton has a chance because they're just such a strong team. Bay City, John Glenn is a sleepy, sleepy sneaker that I think is going to really make some noise because they have Sontag and they have Kreziak and they have Ball. They are deep, 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 deep as well. Um, so D2, I think, is the most difficult division to pick. It is so hard to go with one team. Um, so, man, I think I am going to... Man, I think I'm going to go sneaky here. Man, Country Day is the most talented team, man. They really are. Like They are like, and it's not marginal. Like They are much more talented than most of these teams, in my opinion. But will that, that it hasn't worked in the regular season, so it's hard to pick it in the playoffs. This is why you pick before the show. I'm probably going to go with Huron because I like their arms the most. I think that okay. the arms are going to get, I think they're going to have winnable settings for their two arms. Yep. It's hard to pick against And they have that. three now, like the, that 24, um, I'm going to forget his name off the top of my head and I apologize to him and his family, but they have a 24 who's like 90 with, with the banger. Like it's three, it's a three headed monster there. Yeah. And that went, I mean, shoot every year a team rides out good arms to the, to the finals. Yeah. We saw yep. Woodhaven do it with Shikowski and Shapaniak. And then again with, um, Shikowski and the younger Shapaniak. And then yep. again <laughs> with Shapaniak, <laughs> uh, the same one, no, the second one, I should say, uh, Ryan. And they had, um, what's his name? I can't remember. Either way they had two. That's all I can, that's all I can tell you. So, uh, we've seen them do it. We saw Trenton do it when they had Otten, Bright and Richie, uh, in 2019, uh, we've seen, we just see teams do it all the time, man. It, it's just, it, you need it. It's, it's a key point in making a run. Uh, you need to limit your offensive opponent. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, I'm going to take here on, I just like the arms. Like you said, there's three there and, and they're legitimate, man. Like if you look at a D two and you guys have to take this into equation when you're thinking about teams and lineups, you're thinking, can they touch this? All right. Have they seen this? Have they seen 90 plus? right? That's a whole different beast, folks. Like 85, the difference between 85 and 90 is like, it's vast. It is like hitting a whole different pitch, right? So, uh, well, obviously. Um, so to me, I'm looking at this, this group of teams in D2 and I'm thinking not a lot of teams are going to be able to do that. And they have three of them who can do it so they can get through those two game weeks. Right. And, and with ease, right. Like they should be able to, as long as the guys are on, like that's three good, three dudes who should cruise. Right. So to have three in, in a span of one week is, is monstrous. So yeah, Huron's my pick. Um, but I'm not in love with it because that's such a hard division to pick, man. If you had to pick three teams besides your pick, give me three teams who you would pick besides your pick. Um, for Hills Eastern, new Boston Huron and Ooh, Garber. Yeah, Garber. I would say Country Day, Goodrich, and Garber. Oh, you know what? This is a tough man because Richmond, Richmond too. But anyway, D three, right? Goodness gracious, we just spent an hour on D two, and that's on me. That's all right. Here we go, D three. 
Write it. And I took that personally. Um, all right. So Liggett, elephant in the room, right? Top of the division, um, preseason favorite, regular season favorite, you know, all of it, right? But polarizing. Why? Because we have all the – Liggett has all this attention, all this press, yada, yada, and deservedly so. Uh, however, their season has not gone as planned. They've got do, – do they have 10 losses? I think – I know they were at nine last week, but if there was a loss this week, they're over – you know, they're in double-digit losses at that point. Um, and – Every year, there is a team that can get to the final who isn't, you know, doesn't have a lopsided record. Like South in 2018, they were like 19 and 11 going into playoffs. So like it's not unheard of. But Liggett was obviously a team that we expected more of, and they were at they were at 16 and 10 going into this week. So yeah, they they have a double digit losses, and they're only six over 500, um, and that's with a tough schedule. So no, they're not going to see anyone like they saw in the Catholic League in D3. Uh, but they have losses to U of D, and I think Buchanan and Hemlock uh, and a couple of these teams, Edison. I think those are better teams than. You know, a couple of teams that they lost to, like U of D. So uh, it'll be competitive. I am still going to stick with my pick with Liggett, uh, just because I think they're the best team. But Buchanan and Hemlock are obvious choices. New Lothrop is an obvious choice. Standish Sterling has Cole Prout. Not sure who else they have, but at the very least, they have Cole Prout. So you know, they're they're a good team. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of teams to pick here, but I'm going to stick with Liggett. I think Buchanan's the biggest threat. I think New Lothrop is a legitimate threat. Um, the presence of Brady Birchmeyer is grand. If you can limit the other offense to three runs, that guy can produce like six, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, those are my that's my pick in D3. But like I said, man, Buchanan, uh, Hemlock, New Lothrop, those teams can all compete. Even and obviously we know Edison in the first round could also upend Liggett and end the run as it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I've thought about this one a lot. Like, this is the one I've thought about the most. Um, And I just think that, like, most of the time, and this goes against every Under Armour commercial you've ever seen, and it goes against every, like, whatever book that a coach has sent you to read. Like, it goes against them all. But, like, most of the time, talent wins. That's just, like, that's why it's, that's why it's talent. Like, that's why it's sought after. It's not every time. It's, I get it. There's, Team play versus individual play. I understand it. I get it. I've been there as a player and as a like. I understand. However, most of the time, the players that are better at the sport win the games. So I Liggett's too loaded. I'm gonna go with them, uh, though with some hesitation. Um, so I'm gonna keep my pick on Liggett. And rolling into Division Four, um, Brandon, I'm going to keep it in the Catholic League, uh, and I'm going to go with Royal Oak Shrine, um, one of our uh, CHSL playoff losers or semifinalists, however you want to say it. Um, Shrine is uh, they they keep winning. Uh, they've had a really good year. I know they lost in the playoffs. I know they lost in front of you at Comerica Park. Um, but man, I just I think they got a dude that can beat anybody at all in Division Four. Um, that kid going to MSU, whose name I forget that you'll tell me cause you called the game. Maybe not. Maybe not. We'll find it. We'll find it. Anyways, big righty going to MSU with a bastard changeup. That guy apologize for, for not remembering your name, but anyways, going with shrine here as my D four pick, Matthew keeping rule. it in the Catholic Matthew league. rule, Matthew rule. There we go. Nailed it. Shouts out to Matt rule who has a bastard changeup. Um, <laughs> It was gross. Yeah, man. Uh, feel free. Go ahead. I, I'm going with Shrine. Uh, yeah, I think Shrine's a really good team, and, there, and there's no reason to believe that um, if they do win, that it's by mistake. I think that they're a good team suited for this. A lot of experience. A ton. I think the entire lineup of seniors besides one hitter, uh, if I do remember correctly. Um, so it's a very good team. I uh, wasn't overly impressed with their offense. I don't think the offense has like a ton of upside. But again, in D4 baseball, I think that plays. And I think that, that the bat to ball is probably what's most important. Um, well, duh, but you understand. So I I think Shrine has a very good chance. Uh, don't know a ton about Beale City, but again, 19-1, and one, they're, they're winning games. Um, I'm sure their record's improved since then as well. So yeah, definitely not going to pick against Beale City in this scenario, but that's another team. Um, but I'm a Cardinal Mooney stand. Uh, Mike Rice, head coach, OG, as you know, not why I'm bringing them up though. You talk about experience. You talk about teams who have talent and you talk about teams that, um, you know, have returned a lot of production teams who have done this before teams who have been in the situations they're about to be in, in a playoff setting. 
you know, Cardinal Mooney checks boxes. You know, Tom Rice is a four-year starter behind the plate. D2 commit. Uh, Blake Lutzke at the top of the rotation is a guy who can dominate through this division, in my opinion, um, for the most part, top to bottom, I think. Uh, I think that uh, Bo Decker is a good hitter and defender at shortstop. And then most importantly, Trent Rice is in center field, top of the order guy, uh, one of the better leadoffs uh, hitters in the state, in my opinion, and a guy that's automatically at second and third base when he's on the base path. Um, so I think Mooney has what it takes. I think they've been there before. Uh, I know that they got ran through by divine child in the CHSL semifinal. Uh, however, I think this is a team that's, that's really thought about this since they lost in the state final last year to hack it and kept that in the back of their minds. And this entire team, besides one player who's a freshman at second base is a starter from last year returning. That's a lot of gelling there. That's, that's something that you need in playoffs. And I think they have what it takes to, to win it. All right. So uh, to quickly recap, uh, Brandon and I agreed in Divisions 1 and 3. We both took St. Mary's in D1 and Liggett in D3. In Division 2, I took Goodrich. Brandon took New Boston Huron. And in Division 4, I took Royal Oak Shrine, while Brandon took Marine City Cardinal Mooney. Those are our state championship picks. This has been the rant-slash-playoff special episode of Cold Weather Bats. Uh, Brandon, before I take us out, do you have anything to add? No. Um, I just hope that we get some reform out of our athletic association soon enough. We won't. Uh, anyways, <laughs> it's nice to talk about, though, but yeah, we won't. Um, <laughs> it's good to have ideas. So they don't matter. <laughs> Please follow us on social media at Cold Weather Bats. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Please subscribe to the show on whatever listening platform you use, whether that's Apple or Spotify or Podbean or whatever. Please hit the subscribe button. The show will show up in your, you know, ready to listen to podcasts as soon as it airs, um, et cetera, et cetera. So please leave us a review, five-star review, rate a comment. All that stuff helps us. Uh, we appreciate everybody that has done that and continues to do that. Thank you all for listening. It's playoff time. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week. Go Bears. Go Bears.